Hello everyone and thank you for joining me for this podcast all about human egg freezing. What I want to do in this particular one is outline the reasons why someone would want to freeze the eggs, the processes involved in doing so and some of the advantages and disadvantages and along the way I'll give a little bit of background about why eggs, sperm and embryos are frozen generally how the eggs actually develop in the female body, and then a little bit about IVF, or in vitro fertilisation, as a form of treatment. A human egg cell is surprisingly big when compared to other non-specialised cells in the human body. Having a diameter of about 0.1 to sort of 0.2 millimetres, it's much larger than a male sperm. It also contains a high proportion of water, So why freeze human eggs? Well, the main reason is to store these delicate cells so that they can be used in the future. The technique of freezing and storing sperm cells and embryos has been undertaken for many years. However, the use of frozen eggs for infertility treatment is a relatively new technique. Eggs don't freeze as well as embryos. And in fact, the fertilisation of a frozen egg is less likely to result in pregnancy. Uh, Just to say, if you are interested, I have recorded another podcast on this channel about the causes of infertility. So if you are interested after this one, why not give that a listen? So where do eggs actually come from? Well, human eggs are produced in the ovary. The menstrual cycle is ultimately a a cycle that explains how the egg develops during one complete sort of cycle if you like how it develops within the follicle and then its ultimate release so i just want to kind of stem away from the human egg freezing aspect for a moment just to talk about the menstrual cycle and how it relates to this topic that we're talking about so one of the potential eggs will begin to develop in to a follicle that is ultimately the starting point of the menstrual cycle that follicle matures and enlarges and it becomes filled with fluid now that follicle is now a fluid filled vesicle supporting the developing egg and that's what we call the ovum now the pressure of the fluid in the follicle increases that pressure bursts the ovary wall and then the ovum or the egg is released and that stage is called ovulation The empty follicle develops into what's called a yellow body or a corpus luteum. That corpus luteum then enlarges and it starts producing a hormone called progesterone. Now, if the egg is not fertilised, the corpus luteum starts to disintegrate. And the events in the ovary are then just repeated in the next menstrual cycle. Now, I again, I've recorded another podcast where I go into a little bit more detail about the menstrual cycle, specifically referring to all of the hormones involved. So FSH, or follicle-stimulating hormone, LH, luteinizing hormone, estrogen and progesterone. So if you're wanting to know a little bit more about that and the biology behind the menstrual cycle, then I could recommend that one. But let's talk now about fertilisation. So once the egg has been released from the ovary, it's wafted into the oviduct or the fallopian tube. Now the menstrual cycle occurs, or that repeated cycle, if the egg is not fertilised. But if sperm are present, the egg can be fertilised. 
Now, just because the egg is fertilised doesn't mean that you will ultimately end up with a successful pregnancy. And I do explain the reasons behind that in the Infertility Podcast. So let's talk about IVF. Well, IVF stands for, as I said, in vitro fertilisation. In vitro literally means in glass. So in this procedure, fertilisation instead takes place outside of the female's body. The eggs and the sperm are collected and they're mixed together in a glass petri dish. So fertilisation is therefore taking place outside of the body. Now, there are many reasons why a couple may choose to have this particular uh, treatment. I'll just mention a few and the podcast obviously will explain a little bit more. But blocked or damaged fallopian tubes could mean that sperm may not be able to reach the egg. Maybe there's ovulation disorders and the female may not produce any eggs or may produce them infrequently. Endometriosis is another condition where the uterus tissue starts implanting in areas outside of the uterus. The tissue can block the fallopian tubes and prevent the ovary from functioning. Reversing sterilisation can also be a reason why you don't end up with a successful uh, pregnancy. So if a woman has been sterilised, her fallopian tubes have been cut and tied, it's not always possible to reopen the tubes. IVF may be the only option if the woman wants to become pregnant again. In terms of the male, there may be poor sperm production or function, and obviously that will make it difficult for the sperm to actually physically meet the egg. And then genetic disorders. But the eggs can be collected and the embryos can be screened for such things. And then finally, fertility preservation. So for women undergoing things like cancer treatment, eggs can be collected and frozen. Cancer treatments can actually make a person infertile. So many women pay to have their eggs frozen so that they can delay having children. So how does one go about freezing human eggs? Well, IVF treatment may or may not require eggs to be frozen. Freezing eggs is a way of keeping a supply of viable eggs for use at a later time in life. Those eggs can then be used by the donor. They may be uh, donated to a female who can't produce eggs of her own, for example. And there's several stages uh, to this whole process. So the first thing you would need to do is test for female infertility. So the first stage in the process is to check that the female is healthy and to find out if there's any problems with her ovaries and hormone levels. This will involve blood and urine tests to check hormone levels particularly, and a pelvic examination would be done to check that the ovaries are healthy. An ultrasound scan can also be used to examine the ovaries from within inside the abdomen. Stage 2 would then involve stimulating egg production. On average, the ovaries produce about one egg each month. To ensure that more than one egg can be harvested, if you like, for freezing, a woman must have her ovaries stimulated so that several follicles will develop. So hormones are used to stimulate those ovaries. The hormones are injected into the bloodstream and they're based on the naturally occurring FSH that I mentioned earlier, follicle stimulating hormone and LH, luteinizing hormone, that are produced by the pituitary gland. Stage 3 then involves egg collection. So after about two weeks, or about two weeks or so after the ovary has been stimulated with the hormones, the eggs can then finally be collected. The eggs are developing inside, remember, these fluid-filled follicles. 
and the follicles show up on ultrasound scans. They're about 15 to say 15 to 20 millimeters in diameter. Using the ultrasound as a guide, a hollow needle is passed up through the vagina to the ovary. The fluid in the follicle, together with the ovum, is ultimately sucked out through the needle. And the number of eggs collected will vary depending on factors such as the age of the woman. We then move to stage four, and that's the freezing stage. Now, the eggs are identified, they're sorted, and then placed into a designated solution. And there's different ways, there's two ways I'm going to mention, different ways of freezing eggs. One method is to use a cryoprotectant, as it's called, and the other is a method called vitrification. So a cryoprotectant is a type of, I guess the best way to describe it, is a sort of antifreeze. It's used to replace the water in the egg cell. So water expands when it freezes and the large ice crystals damage the egg membrane. Unfortunately, the cryoprotectant is toxic and it can actually damage the egg. So eggs treated by this method are actually more difficult to fertilise once they have been thawed out, in effect. Vitrification involves rapidly cooling the egg with a cryoprotectant. That's done so quickly that ice doesn't have time to form. The mixture of egg and cryoprotectant form into a glass-like gel. The process doesn't involve large expensive freezers, so it's actually much cheaper to do. Vitrification seems to improve the egg's ability to survive the freezing and thawing process. After freezing, the eggs are stored in liquid nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen keeps the eggs at a temperature of about minus 196 degrees Celsius. And the eggs can be kept for, well, currently about 10 years or even a little bit longer. Now, there is a cost involving, uh, well, a cost to freeze one's eggs. All fertility treatments, though, are expensive. And there is really no guarantee that it can work. Freezing eggs, at the time of recording this podcast, I mean, we're talking roughly about £14,000 per attempt. That would include the hormone injections, collecting the eggs and storing them. If the egg to be, or is to be fertilised rather, it would have to be thawed and mixed with sperm. So further IVF procedures would incur greater costs. Once the egg is thawed, as I said, it would be mixed with the sperm. And if a frozen egg is successfully fertilised, it will develop into an embryo. One technique that increases the chance of the sperm entering the egg is something called intracytoplasmic sperm injection, or ICSI. Here, a selected sperm is injected through the egg membrane directly into the cytoplasm. So the embryo would be inserted into the uterus of the mother at the correct stage of her cycle, and then any spare eggs could be donated to a woman who's unable to produce her own. The eggs are the property of the donor, though. It's an interesting thing to add there. Now, I said at the start of this podcast that I would uh, look at the guess the pros and cons advantages and disadvantages to freezing one's eggs and there definitely are some that um you may not have thought of so let's start with the advantages well i guess the top advantage is the fairly obvious one it could enable a woman to have a baby in the future if she has medical problems that could lead to infertility and that's really what i've gone on about in this particular recording for example if she's undertaking medical treatments as i said for cancers 
But women who are worried about their fertility declining may also choose to freeze their eggs. A woman who could be injured because of a hazardous occupation may elect to freeze eggs, for example a woman in the army. A person undergoing a sex change operation could also harvest their eggs and have them fertilised by a partner. A woman may wish to freeze eggs if she has moral or religious objection to storing embryos. And a woman who has had her eggs harvested may not need to continue to undergo regular and painful unpleasant hormone injections. But as always, there are some disadvantages to this whole thing. Freezing eggs is not as successful as freezing embryos. The egg, as I've uh, already alluded to in terms of the use of cryoprotectin, the egg can be damaged in the freeze-thaw process. To stimulate egg production, a woman needs to go through a series of, as I've said, unpleasant hormone injections. And hormones can cause, as we know, side effects like nausea, bloating and even mood swings. Hormone injections can also cause ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, where the ovary overproduces eggs. And egg freezing really is expensive. And as I've said, there's no guarantee of a successful outcome. Some couples take out large loans to pay for infertility treatments and really struggle to repay them. But aside from the, I guess the physical cost, there's also the emotional toll of doing all of this and putting yourself through this entire process. If several frozen eggs are fertilised and do develop into embryos, the chances of twins on multiple births is actually greater. Fewer babies have been born from frozen eggs than from frozen embryos. There's no evidence though to show that there is any increase in birth defects, chromosomal abnormalities or pregnancy complications with frozen eggs. In fact, some companies are actually offering to pay for egg freezing in the UK so that women are able to develop their careers without taking a break to have a child. Well, interesting kind of uh, note to end there i'd be interested to know what your opinion is as well do get in touch if you've got any comments or questions at kytosbiology at gmail.com and i'd like to take a moment just to well firstly say thank you very much for listening but also to thank our sponsors curriculum press for providing content for me to use for this particular podcast so thanks again and until next time